understand. One of the flowers that we typically get of mothers are roses, aren't they? Such a beautiful, beautiful flower. It's fragrance. It's very pleasing. But roses also have thorns. So you have to be careful how you handle the stem, don't you? Otherwise, that which looks so beautiful and smells so sweet can actually inflict pain. Has anyone ever been stuck by the thorn of a rose? I know I have. So we are gathered today for a wonderful time of celebration and gathered to honor mothers. But I also want us to be sensitive to those who find this day a difficult one to to bear. Perhaps there may be some of you today who have recently lost your mother or your grandmother, or you may fit into the category of those who wanted to become mothers and were never able to conceive. We read of barrenness, barren women in the scripture, don't we? Sarah and Rachel and Hannah and Elizabeth, to name a few. There are some who conceive but were never able to carry the child to term and give live birth. There are women who have witnessed in some way the death of their child. There are some who are waiting for adoption to adopt a child that yet to be fulfilled. There are some women who dreamed, it was their dream since they were a little girl of being able to get married and raise children, but life just did not work out that way for them. There are women whose children died after an accident. There are women who, for whatever reasons, have become emotionally disconnected from their, from their child. So as we celebrate, amen, let us not just completely forget that for some today is challenging and let us pray for them that the Lord would bear them up on eagles wings because our God is the God of all comfort and he is able to comfort their hearts no matter what the situation and we should then show compassion So we have mothers today, and we have grandmothers, another noble role. Maybe the only thing better than being a mother is being a grandmother. Uh, We have stepmothers. We have single mothers. We have women who are surrogates, women who have substituted as mothers for someone. I think of our dear mother Powell, who calls Brother Silliman her son, and he her mother. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. So, it's a wide range of noble women that we celebrate today. Amen. And I just don't want to leave anyone out. We want you to know we appreciate you all. And Life doesn't always work out. Parts of life don't always work out the way we would like. But I challenge you to continue with the Lord. 
And remember the writings of the Apostle Paul, who said in the book of Romans, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We have already read from the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs, but I'm inviting you to turn there again for our scripture text today, Proverbs 31. Let's consider verse 10. Amen. It's a good time to encourage someone today. Praise the Lord. Especially those that may not have immediate family around or may fit into one of those categories. I wasn't trying to bring you down as much as help you to understand that the day is broader than sometime we think. Amen. See if you can help somebody to put your trust in the Lord and Despite all that happens, we always have much, many reasons to give thanks, don't we? Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. I'd like to use or talk today about a woman of value. A woman of value. You see, there is no secret that the family is in trouble in our culture. Popular American culture is doing its best to redefine the family. And they would enforce or force their corrupt ideas on the church with uh, punitive actions if we refuse to comply, but so be it, we rather obey God than man. If you are paying attention, you'll know that under the last political administration here in the United States, there was considerable effort focused on redefining marriage and redefining gender. It was a diabolical move to undermine the absoluteness of God's law. But people rise with their ideas and they fade away. But the word of God will stand forever. And the Bible still teaches us that in God's economy, there is still male and female, husband and wife. Nothing in between. Now, some of the anger that has been expressed publicly are against corrupt authority. Amen. Because for a long time, some powerful, hungry, selfish, devilish men have abused women and treated them so unfairly so long until some women revolted. And in some cases, they took their vindictiveness to an extreme. And I say they've taken it to an extreme in some cases because 
in trying to respond to the unfairness, the injustice, they degraded the noble position of women and mothers. Now, this was very prevalent when I was coming along in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and and the 90s to some degree. But even today, even though we see some turning, amen, uh, even today some women still feel like they're, they're not good enough if they choose to stay at home, stay out of the workplace, don't chase a career to the, as far as the limits will take them, and uh, stay at home and care for and raise their children. This reminds me of a story I read some time ago about Dr. Tony Campolo. He's a renowned evangelical evangelist. This man traveled all over the world, and from time to time, he would, he would meet with very powerful and popular people. And many times, they were well-to-do in society. Occasionally, his wife would travel with him. However, she became increasingly and increasingly uncomfortable in those surroundings. And she confessed to her husband that sometimes she just felt very intimidated by some of these people because she was a housewife and a mother. So Dr. Campolo suggested that she come up with something she could say that would convey how strongly she valued one of the most important jobs in the world, that of being a full-time mother of her children. So she thought about it, and she came up with a response. And sure enough, at some point in time, they were in one of these, what we would call high-powered environments. And some woman walked up to her and said in a condescending tone, well, my dear, what do you do? She was ready. So Mrs. Campolo said, I am nurturing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might become instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia God envisioned from the beginning of time. And the woman said, oh, I'm just a lawyer. (laughs) So today is Mother's Day. And we want to lift up motherhood and bring to bear that the role of a wife and mother is not a second-class role. Along with fatherhood, it is the fundamental. It is fundamental to the development and operation of a healthy society. Therefore, we have chosen a popular scripture text from the book of Proverbs, one of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. Bible scholars include in that list of wisdom books the book of Job and the book of Psalms and Ecclesiastes, the songs of Solomon, Esther, Ruth, and Proverbs. And all of these books are part of the third section of the Hebrew Bible called the Ketuvim, the writings. When Jesus referred to the Old Testament as consisting uh, uh, of the word of God, he described it as the law. They call it Torah, the prophets, Nevi'im. And the writings, Ketuvim. 
And Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, concluded, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. What then is a proverb? Well, it is a brief saying stating observations from life's experience in such a way that it gains popularity. We remember the proverbs because they are short, quippy, and powerful. They have a powerful message. And the purpose of a proverb then is to warn against dangerous conduct while encouraging behavior that promotes personal and social well-being. That is why for centuries before our time, the book of Proverbs was taught to children and to young people, and we need to bring it back. Our text today is taken from chapter 31 of the books of Proverbs, and this text, if you notice, contains two interesting monologues. Verses 1 through 9 are the words of a wise mother to her son who happens to be a king. She shared wisdom with him so he could understand how a king ought to behave in order not to make a fool of himself. And then we have verses 10 through 31, which was written, I believe, to help young men understand that a virtuous woman or a wife is of great value. And this second monologue helps the young man to recognize this rare person when he sees her. You see, it's normal and it's natural for uh, a qualified young man to look for a wife, isn't it? The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But with so many types of women uh, available, the young man needs help in recognizing a woman with excellent wifely traits when he sees her. He needs a rubric, if you will, so, so he will know what characteristics to, to look for in a woman he thinks he might want to ask to be his wife. One of the things I always do when a young man comes to me and asks, uh, is it all right to spend time with a young lady in the church. I, I wanted his head involved before his heart runs away with him. And so I'll ask him, tell me what you think you're looking for in a wife from a domestic perspective, from a personal perspective, from a spiritual perspective. I send him away. The conversation don't have to be long. I send him away with homework to do. And then when he comes back, I look at that and evaluate him. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so it's necessary because I, I want him to find a wife. Praise the Lord. Uh, because I know that if he finds a virtuous woman, he'll have somebody that will help him to settle down. He'll have somebody to help bring balance to his life. He'll have someone to help him take the responsibilities of life seriously. Amen. You see, being a young man is a dangerous thing. A young man full of testosterone and little understanding of life is a dangerous creature. 
Just listen to the news. Most of the accidents and problems we have in society relate to males. I know there are some, excuse me, crazy women out here that fight, but most of the time it's the men that are fighting. Most of the time, the fellow racing up and down the road and ended up getting killed in his automobile is a man, not a woman. Praise the Lord. Most of the folks that get locked up in jail for drugs, it's, it's men, not women. Amen. So, this fellow that's full of this testosterone, he might know what is right, but when his hypothalamus and pituitary glands are producing testosterone, and sometimes they produce too much, and he doesn't have any godly influence that teaches him how to control himself, he will not know how to do what is right. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not making an excuse for the bad behavior of some young fellas. I'm just giving you some insight as to how the devil and the world play to a man's weakness in his flesh. So you take this simple young man full of unbridled passion and you bring him into the company of a flirtatious woman like the one mentioned in Proverbs 7. And I guarantee some ungodly fireworks. The Proverbs 7 type of woman is able to wrap that young man who is inexperienced and simple around her finger. And I've seen some bent young men. He might have more muscle mass than her. But he is no match for her flattery. The Bible says poetically, with the flattery of her lips, she forced him. Forced him to do what? To succumb, to succumb to her flattery. And it is no secret that the physical beauty of a woman and that come hither look in her eyes, if she's got an adulterous spirit, has caused many a man to be destroyed. Verse 26 of Proverbs 7 says that this type of woman has, quote, cast down many wounded. Yes, strong men have been slain by her. Every man, no matter how strong he thinks he is, must take heed to this kind of warning and not fool himself to think, I can handle it. The Bible says a man ought to take heed when he thinks he stands, lest he falls. Because the scripture asks a question, who can take fire into his bosoms and his clothes not be burned? Who can walk upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So brother, you had better take heed and flee youthful lust. That's what Joseph did. He fleed youthful lust. He ran. Better to be fast on your feet and saved in your soul than have your clothes and your feet burned and your life messed up. Now, virtuous women may possess physical beauty like Sarah, Abraham's wife, or she may possess charm like Esther. 
But here's the difference between the Proverbs woman and a virtuous woman. The virtuous woman will not use her beauty or grace to bring a man down. Charm should not be used as a weapon against men, sisters. For Solomon said, at the end, it doesn't last. He says, favor or grace is deceitful and beauty is vain. So what a young man needs to learn is how to look for more qualities in a woman than her loveliness or physical beauty. What a man ought to be looking for is a summation of qualities in a woman that suggests that she fears the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And a young man, and an old one too, needs a wise wife. Praise the Lord. Are you all still with me? I know I'm not jumping, but I'm talking. Praise the Lord. Our scripture text, therefore, amen, was written in such a way as to aid a young man in his search for a good wife, a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman. And so from a literary perspective, our scripture text is designed in Hebrew to be memorized by young men of the Jewish tradition. And to aid in that memorization process, verses 10 through 31, that second monologue was delineated into 22 sections which relate to the Hebrew alphabet. See, the Hebrew alphabet, unlike ours, has only 22 letters, not 26, like English. The proverb becomes, therefore, an acrostic. So verse 10 starts off with a Hebrew word that begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph. And verse 11 starts with a word that begins with the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet called Beit. And verse 12 starts with the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet called Gimel. Verse 13 starts with the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet called Dalet. And it continues on and on. Until you finally get to verse 31 that starts with a word that begins with the 22nd letter in the Hebrew alphabet called Tau. And this acrostic system aids in their memorization of this vital women. So verse 10 says in Hebrew, amen, literally that a woman virtuous who can find for far above rubies her price is. Can I say that again? A woman virtuous who can find for her, uh, for above rubies her price is. And, and there's a Hebrew word there called chayil. That, that's what we call virtuous in English. And it can mean strength or wealth or force, but it can also mean ability or efficiency often involving moral worth. Therefore, the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture translates this verse this way, a capable wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. And I don't mean to reduce a wife to comparison with money, but based on this definition, I just want to make a point. If I have a brother here today who is a husband that knows he has a competent, 
capable, efficient, morally upright wife. I want you to stand with me right now. If you can't stand, go out of here because you're going to get beat up later. <laughs> so I got some husbands that are standing because these men say, yeah, my wife meets that description. She's capable. She's competent. She's efficient. She's morally upright. And I want you to say this with a loud voice. None of these piccolo voices now. This is an opportunity to lift up your voice like a trumpet. I want you to say this. My wife is better than money in the bank. Some of y'all, I know, yeah, yeah. Y'all need another chance. Y'all need another chance. Because the only reason some of y'all got some money to make is because your wife. Because you be done spend it all. You want another opportunity, brother? Sister Kennard told Brother Kennard, stand up. Brother Redway, stand up. I don't want I don't want no black eyes. I ain't bringing no ice over tonight. I ain't bringing no ice. I ain't bringing no steaks to lay on your eye. Amen. Brothers, let's try it again. My wife is better than money in the bank. All right. I'll say it one more time. But if your wife is here, you need to look at her. So she won't think you're talking about somebody else's wife. Praise the Lord. Let's shout one more time. My wife it's better than money in the bank. All right, you brothers, you might want to get a wife that ain't got a wife. Y'all can sit down. You see, you can't beat a good man that has a virtuous woman, a capable woman for a wife. You can't beat a child that has a virtuous woman, a capable woman for a mother. Praise the Lord. And, and to you brothers that were standing, this woman is not only your wife, she is also the mother of your children. Praise the Lord. So what makes her more valuable than jewels, than money? Here are the things that make your wife or your mother more valuable than money. Again, this portion of the proverb was arranged according to the Hebrew alphabet. And we've already covered what Aleph means. Now let's look at B, which is bait. Amen. Well, the Bible says what makes her valuable, more valuable than money, is that her husband can trust her. And they will always prosper. Gimel says she does him good and will not harm him all the days of his life. Dalit says she's a wise shopper and a willing worker. Hay says... She knows how to get what the family needs. If she's got to have it shipped in, she knows how to get it in the house. Vav says she starts her day early. She don't lay in the bed like a hot dog on the rotisserie. She starts her day early, making sure the family is fed and everybody has chores assigned to them. Zion says she's a family businesswoman. She negotiates in the marketplace and buys what the family needs. She's an agriculturalist. Therefore, she is self-sufficient. 
Hate says she is strong. She's strong physically and emotionally. Tate says she knows the market value of her products. And she is diligent even working into the night. Yod says she knows how to sew. She knows what to do with a needle and thread. Kaf says she is compassionate and helps those in need. Lamed says her household is properly clothed in the cold of winter. Mame says she dresses with elegance and class. Noon says because she can take care of business in the home, her husband is able to excel on his job to become an able leader. Samak says she produces products and sells them for profit. Ayn says she is dignified, strong, and prepared for the tough times. Pay says she has control of her mouth. She speaks with wisdom and her tongue is full of kindness. Sade says she is very good at what she does as a wife and mother and is not lazy. Kof says she teaches your children to bless their mother and make her happy. She teaches them to love, amen, amen, even you in word and deed. Amen. She teaches honor and respect. Praise God. Amen. And so since that's the case, give that woman some money. Give that woman some money. Give that woman some money from time to time. Race says, amen, your wife and your mother, amen, of your children, she ought to be the most valuable woman to you. Make her feel valuable. Come on and say amen. Sheen says, amen, praise God, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So don't be afraid, brother, to publicly and privately praise your wife. And finally, Tao says, give her the tangible blessings that she deserves because of her work and let her works praise her before others. Praise God. And I begin to think about it and say, well, how then do you treat something you own that is of value? Not that you own your wife by any stretch of the imagination. But how do you treat something of value? Well, one of the things you do is you put it in a safe place, don't you? So make sure your wife lives in a safe place. Make sure your wife is in a good neighborhood. She ought not be behind bars in her own house. She ought not walk out into the hallway and it smells like urine. She ought not have to duck bullets to get into the house or step over vagrants to get in the house. Put a good alarm system in that house. Shield your wife from harm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. How do you take care of something of value? Amen. Praise God. You want it to look its best, don't you? Some of you brothers got cars. Amen. Back of your car, you got a polish, you got a rag, you got all kind of things. Amen. To keep your car looking good. But what about your wife? Praise the Lord. Take your wife shopping sometime and encourage her to purchase something that allows her to look her best. Amen. Praise God. And know how to give some feedback. Say, honey, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't like that dress on you as well as this one over here. Seems like it just really fits you nice. Everything don't look well on everybody. 
Come on and say amen. I'm trying not to digress. Praise the Lord. But I feel like just touching it a little bit. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you're already six feet and you're a woman, a woman you don't need a cat in a hat hat. Hallelujah. That hat is too tall for you. Already tall. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, if you're short, maybe the taller hat makes, gives you some height. Amen. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody, praise God, can't wear a straight dress. Sometimes you have to have some flair. Is that all right? You've got to know what works well for you. Come on and say amen. Everybody can't wear a dress that's as yellow as the sun. Amen, amen. I better leave that alone. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Amen, but take your wife shopping so she can uh, buy something, praise God, that's dignified and, and modest apparel. Let her spend time with other godly women who fear God. Some men, praise God, they're so possessive. They don't want their wife to be out of their sight, amen, for five good minutes. Not that he's doing anything that's of value or blessing to her. He just wants her like a, like a trophy on the mantle. So he can look over there and see her in the jail. In the jail of his home, praise the Lord. Amen. Let her get out of that place sometime and be with other godly women that can encourage her and nurture her and build her up. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Your wife go out and she get five minutes from the house. Ding, ling, ling, ling. Ding, ling, ling, ling. Ding, ling, ling. What's wrong with you, man? You got to call her every five minutes. Where are you now? Where are you now? Where are you now? Do you, you, you don't trust her? She's a virtuous woman. She's capable. She's competent. What do you mean? Where am I now? If she was calling you like that, you'd be annoyed. She'd stay away for a half hour. When you coming back? She should say, never, never forget. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leave her alone. Let her get away from you from time. Somebody said absence makes the heart go fonder. She need a break from you sometime. Sometime you're overbearing. Sometime you're overdemanding. You got to have things your own way. Praise the Lord. Leave the woman alone. Come on and say amen, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Wives, you can say amen. It's safe in here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Send her on a getaway sometime so she can take some, uh, get a mental and emotional break. Send her to the spa sometime. Amen. So she can have some professional skin care. She ain't got to come back with red lips. Amen. And rosy cheeks and, and funny colored nails. Godly women know how to adorn themselves. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How do you treat something that's special? Well, you showcase it, don't you? Amen. So others, amen, can, uh, others who have distinguishing taste can admire it. So mention the excellent qualities, amen, your wife has. Mention it publicly, praise God, amen, and tell her about it at home. Teach your children to verbally appreciate their mother for what she does. Teach your children to honor their mother on days like this and on her birthday and other appropriate times of the year. Be spontaneous in your show of appreciation and affection. Some men, praise God, the only time you hear from them has got to be a special day. But every day ought to be a special day. If you see some flowers, sometime I'll buy some flowers and tell my wife, I saw these flowers and I thought of you. 
Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not like canard with all the mushy mouth stuff. Praise God. Amen. But I, I can at least speak a little bit from my heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So it's all right. Amen. To say something nice, something kind to your wife. Your brothers ain't saying amen. You better stand up, brothers. You better stand up with me. Praise God. You got to go home today. Praise the Lord. You better learn to be spontaneous. Amen. Spontaneous in your show of appreciation. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. Praise God. Just for nothing. Just because you love her. Just because she's a virtuous woman. Praise God. Amen. Bring home some flowers sometime. Bring home some candy sometime. Praise God. Pack her clothes up and say, honey, we're going to take a trip. She's saying, well, I didn't pack. You say, I got everything together. You've been married for a while. You ought to know how to pack. I don't understand a man that don't know how to pack. My wife has never packed my clothes. I pack my clothes. She packs her clothes. It's not that I don't want her touching things, but she ain't my slave. She's my wife. I know y'all going to get mad with me. Y'all stay mad with me anyway, so don't make a difference. I'm just about immune. Hallelujah. Praise God. So pack everything up. And say, honey, we're just going away for the weekend. Let her be surprised. Don't let her be shocked. But let her be surprised. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I took my wife away one time down in the Caribbean, praise God, and I got there and I was shocked. <laughs> place, praise God, it was raining, cats and dogs. Amen. The place we went to was like a movie. Amen. The raining, the holes in the street. Amen. I had to have a, 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 a taxi get us there got to the place we was on the fourth floor no elevator man had to carry the suitcases up I said this the last time I pay attention to this brother who advised this praise the Lord (laughs) this just is not my style hallelujah to God but the Lord was good to us we had a good time because we were together let the church say amen hallelujah to God amen don't make your wife cook and clean all the time you need to pitch in some time praise the Lord you non-cooking brothers need to learn how to cook. There's a food channel. There's a cooking channel. Amen. There's, 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 there's magazines. There's the internet. You ought to know how to do more than make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You ought to do more than boil a hot dog. Come on and say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Learn how to cook a little bit so you can do a little cooking to help her out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Go over to the sink and do the dishes sometime. Hallelujah to God. You'll find that doing the dishes is therapeutic. Especially if you got a head job all the time. You just up in here operating all the day. You got to get your hands busy. You got to use those muscles. Praise God. Take those clothes in the basket downstairs and put them in the washing machine. And don't forget to put the detergent in there. And don't bleach the dark clothes. Praise the Lord. Wash some clothes. Dry some clothes. Fold up some clothes. Iron some clothes. Put away some clothes sometime. Hallelujah. Take her on a romantic trip sometime. Spend some time just with her. Not her and Johnny and Bobby and Sally and whoever who is to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Away from them children sometime. Everybody needs a break sometime. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Do as she likes to do sometime. Cater to her sometime. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm talking today about a woman of value. Praise God. Hallelujah to God. Amen. If you got a woman of value, you ought to praise the Lord for her right now. Praise God. You ought to put your, I'm not just talking to husbands. I'm talking to sons. I'm talking to daughters. Amen. If you've got a mother, if you've got a grandmother, if you've got a great-grandmother, if you've got a great-great-grandmother, amen, who is a woman of value, you ought to praise the Lord for her. Amen. Because, amen, she is one of the reasons why you're in the church. In the house of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Do you not know that for some of you, your mothers or grandmothers may have passed on, but they were praying earnestly for you. Amen. That you would come to know the Lord as Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So you ought to praise God for her. Amen. If you're a husband, you ought to realize you've gotten favor from the Lord. Because the Bible said if you find a wife, you find a good thing. And obtain favor from the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So if you've got a good wife, amen, or a good mother, I want you to know this afternoon, you are blessed. You are blessed because you've got a woman of value. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. And rather than forgetting about her all the time and just waiting to a Sunday, the second Sunday in May, amen, she's good to be appreciated 365 days a year. Let the church say amen. Now, let me me just get just a little bit personal here because over here we stick with this. Amen. In this apostolic Pentecostal church, we still believe the Bible is the word of God. I'm not trusting in an evangelical hermeneutic, a Baptist hermeneutic, a congregational hermeneutic, praise God, or any other Protestant hermeneutic. Amen. I interpret the word of God as literal unless it says it's symbolic. And so, praise God, I don't care how times change, I am bound to hold on to the word of the Lord as it is written. And so over here, our women aren't going to be in the pulpit preaching because Paul said, suffer not a woman to preach or to teach or to usurp authority, usurp authority over the man, praise God. But there's a number of things in the church our sisters can do and it doesn't all have to be behind the scenes. Come on and say amen. I tell you right now, amen, there are various subgroups, amen, and committees in the church. Amen, praise the Lord. And if a sister has leadership skills and ability and she's the one that should head it up, then praise God, as far as I'm concerned, she's the person that's going to head it up. Amen. She might have brothers on it and sisters on it and any brother that can't work with her, he can leave as far as I'm concerned because he's not humble, praise God. Amen. Doesn't mean you're a better leader, praise God, than a female just because you're a man. Hallelujah to God. And if your manhood is is so threatening, it's so fragile, until you sit on a committee in the church where a sister's ahead and you can't sit on that committee, then something wrong with you. Praise the Lord, our God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Praise God. But brothers, since there are some restrictions because of the curse with regard to some roles that women can play in the church, we ought to lift up our apostolic Pentecostal sisters who are walking according to the word, who love God, who pray, who look right, who do right, who talk right, who walk right. We ought to lift them up all the more and say thank God for them. We ought to bless them and pray 
praise and praise God because because of them we are blessed. Don't let the devil trick you to destroy something of value that the Lord has given you. Praise the Lord. A woman of value. A woman of value. Unfortunately, too often in life, we take some of the most precious blessings that God has given us for granted. We wait until the person has passed away and they can hear our voice no more. When they're laid out so beautifully, then we come with long orations about all their chief characteristics and noble qualities. But they don't know. They can't hear. It's too late for that. That's why I thought it was so beautiful yesterday. Praise the Lord. When young men, and the only thing maybe you want to add next year is some young ladies or other sisters because every mother does, doesn't have just boys. Amen. But young fellas, even up to Brother Black, offered beautiful reflections on their mother. And their mother was there and she was listening. She's alive. That's the time to do it. That's the time to do it. Don't wait until she's gone and then you're out of your mind with sorrow regretting that you didn't do things you should have done. She can't see the flowers then. I don't care how many you have in the front of the church. She can't smell them any longer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. She can't hear your words of admiration and affirmation. Your words of love. She can no longer experience your deeds of kindness. So you want to do it while she can witness it. Praise the Lord. And that's what makes a day like today so special. Amen. Hallelujah. So you ought to take advantage of it. Amen. And treat her with high regard and respect and love because you have a woman of value. And even if you're in my category and your mother's gone, God is not a God of the dead. He is the God of the living. If she repented of her sins, and was baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have this biblical assurance that you will see her again. If your mother did her best to be a capable, competent mother, you ought to thank God for her and remember the things that she taught you. And almost every mother is the glue of her family. She wants to hold the family together. Amen. And so when she passes, don't splinter off and everybody run their own way and you never keep up with each other. You don't talk to each other. You don't know what's going on with each other. 
Stay connected. Because that's what she would want if she were here. Praise the Lord. So do your best to honor her in that way. Touch base from time to time. See how your brothers and sisters are doing. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about reasonable people now. See how they're doing. Because she, part of her role was to hold the family together. That glue is gone, but you can be a part of that glue. Amen. And still be a blessing to your family. A woman of value. May we all stand. The Lord is so good to us. In his infinite wisdom. He didn't leave the job of rearing children to the man alone. He looked on Adam as complete as he was made in the image and likeness of God. And he said, he needs a companion. I'm going to perform the first operation. <coughs> and I'm going to make a helpmate for him. Someone suitable for him. Because there's no one like this homo sapien that I've made. Praise the Lord. He's different than the gorilla. He's different than the giraffe. He's different than the hippopotamus. He's different than a snake. He was made in my image and in my likeness. And so I'm going to give him someone that will compliment him, appropriate, be appropriate for him. And when God opened up Adam's side and took out a rib with which he made the woman, he took out more than a rib. Praise the Lord. He took out qualities. Qualities that are absolutely necessary in the mature, physical, and especially emotional development of a person. So at that point, Adam had some of what a child needed and Eve had some of what a child needed. That's why it's hard to beat a child coming out of a house of love with a good mother and a good father. Life is not always ideal. You have to take and deal with what comes your way. But that's why in the church, no matter how messed up the world is, saints, in the church, we ought to have a mind to do it right. Do it the Bible way. So God will be glorified. Amen. And so, brother, we thank God for you, but I tell you what, things wouldn't be like they are. Things wouldn't be like they ought to be if you didn't have a woman of value. Praise the Lord. She keeps you from destroying yourself. Some husbands are threatened by their wife, threatened, you know, to to allow her to participate in the decision making. If you've got a capable wife, a virtuous woman, God has given her to you 
Because many times he speaks through her to give you advice and words of wisdom that you need consider when you are making a decision. Paul, who is so harshly criticized by some of these radical feminists, praise the Lord, was not such a hard man against women at all. Nor was Peter the great apostle. For he says, we are joint heirs together of the grace of life. Amen. And so a real man appreciates a real woman. A real husband appreciates a real wife. She shares the load. Many times a man offers wise counsel. Because a wise woman builds her house, Solomon said. Amen. He sees the way that she works with his children. And she adds a dimension that many times he doesn't have. Sometime when he sits back and he sees what God has crafted through her hands, he marvels at the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And you know, when many a rascal a man has got his belly full or his testosterone is falling over, dripping over, and gone out and done something stupid, amen, it's the wife, it's the mother that stays there with those children and raises them and cares for them and does her best to be not only mother but father too. So brothers, we're blessed. We are blessed, praise God. Amen. And that's why you need to have integrity. Focus on your wife. Amen. Not somebody else's. If you got a wife, you don't need somebody else's daughter. Amen. You need to fast and pray and stay before God so you can keep yourself under control in your mind, in your mouth. Amen. The elder said something yesterday, praise God. Amen. He was paying Mother South some compliments. It was very appropriate. But I try to be careful about saying too many things to women who are not my wife. I'm not afraid I'm going to jump on them. And most of them, I'm not afraid they're going to jump on me. But I just think some things are, it's good to have good guy guardrails. Amen. Why put yourself in a compromising situation? Lord bless you with a good wife and a good family. And in a fleeting moment a foolish passion, you can destroy all the good that God has given you. It's not worth it. Just ain't worth it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Better to stay true and honor the Lord and to love your wife. Because as time goes on, young man, you're going to slow down in many ways. The splendor of your youth is going to fade away. Your strength won't be there like it was. Amen. It seems sometimes like men break down quicker than women in many a case. I'm telling you, amen, you're going to need your wife. Amen. I've seen a number of situations where all through most of life, the man driving around, chauffeuring, but then something happens to him physically. Maybe he has a stroke or something. 
And it's the wife who's taking him around, running errands, trying to get business done, taking care of the things that he used to take care of when he was able. She's going to be the one by the bedside if you're laying up in ICU with wires everywhere. Not silly Sally. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not hot mama. It's going to be your wife. That's right there. You better appreciate her now in tangible ways and thank God for her. And I hear some of y'all, I hear you talking in my ear and saying, well, Bishop, you know, all that stuff you talked about in the Hebrew alphabet and Proverbs chapter 31, 10 through verse 31. I didn't know all that when I was selecting my wife. Well, that's because you didn't avail yourself of the knowledge that God has put in the earth. So you can know how to select somebody that can be of value to, to you. But like other decisions you've made in life, you made it. You made it. And according to this scripture, you can't dump her. Amen. And go away and find somebody else more to your liking. Amen. Because love is not just hugs and pecks on the cheek. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's more than that. And as you all grow older and some of that, you know, youthful stuff kind of fades away, the friendship, the companionship, the loveliness, the looking back, not to try to live in the back, but just to reminisce over the good things the Lord allowed you to experience. Yesterday, Mother and I, we went by the graves. Every, every year we go by the graveyard and I put flowers on my wife's mother's grave and her grandmother and my mother and my grandmother. They're all buried in the same cemetery. And um, on the way home, we rode by the first house that we bought. Amen. And there was a for sale sign up there. I said, look it up, because I told you years ago, this is probably the size house we need when everybody's gone. This is we probably going to need, need a place like this. And she, she pulled it up, and man, people had gotten in the house. Now, we did a lot of renovation. We were there, but people had gone in and done more renovation. The place looked so nice. Well, the blessing was we were able to talk about that because we shared that experience. My wife ain't 25. Huh? And I'm trying to talk to her about something, some 60-plus-year-old man talking about her, and she looking like, what? What you talking about? Was there a world then? What am I going to do with some 25-year-old gal? Nothing. I don't want her. Praise the Lord. We sit down, we look at pictures from time to time. They're from the past. Amen. We can rejoice in what the Lord has done for us in the life the Lord has given us together. Amen. We can remember the difficult times and how the Lord helped us to stay together and to hold up one another. When my son, seven years old, in the hospital, three surgeries, weren't sure he was going to make it. And my mother-in-law, He's on floor two, and my mother-in-law is on floor five, dying of cancer. Same time. The Lord brought us through. He brought us through. 
When folk backballed me, lied on me, talked about me, praise the Lord, it was my wife that stood by me. It was the Lord giving her dreams, amen, and showing her what was happening and what was going to happen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. It was my mother before she died seeing Apostolic Fellowship Church when there was no Apostolic Fellowship Church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good women. Good women of value. Praise the Lord. I'm blessed. How about you? Are you blessed? Why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord a, a praise. Why don't you say, Lord, I thank you. Why don't you lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Don't you feel like praising him? Then lift your hand and say, Lord, I praise your holy name. Say it like you mean it. Lord, I glorify you. Lord, I bless you for being so good to me. Hallelujah. 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 He's the joy of my salvation. Yes, he is. He's the joy of my salvation. Yes, he is. Oh, he woke me up this morning, started me on. He's the joy of my salvation. Yes, he is.